If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, you know, students with, they call them, you know, mental disabilities or yeah. disorders, right? Um, when really it's not a disorder. I'm just a growing 13-year-old boy going through puberty, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, my attention is not being captured yeah. um, the right way. So. Yeah, it's terrible. They tried giving me Adderall in like fourth grade, dude. Yeah. <laughs> really? Imagine like a 10 year old. Wow. Yeah, it's like, are you serious? Yeah. Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour, guys. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. Got with me a very interesting guest for you guys today, Zach Gobranson. How's it going? Good, man. Good. I'm, uh, Glad to be here. Yeah, can't wait to dive in your story. You got a pretty incredible journey. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty, uh, pretty excited to be here though. Um, I've definitely watched a lot of the the, the clips, the episodes, the page. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like what you guys got going on. Yeah. So walk walk me through the start. Like, what were you like growing up? Like, what was the family dynamic like as a kid? And I want to learn like who you were early on. Yeah. So basically, I mean, growing up. Um, I, I had, you know, both my parents were together. Um, I had two sisters, um, and, uh, and I was the middle child. So, mm-hmm. um, big thing was, is like, I always kind of felt like I longed for like a brother, or a male figure. Um, my dad was, you know, working a lot, uh, where he was gone for, you know, weeks at a time. So, um, for me, that obviously put a toll on me just being at home with, you know, to two women all the time so yeah i started to attach to people that were you know outside um outside of the family um and a lot of them became you know kind of bad influences on me but um obviously like you know which we'll get into my story a little bit more as we go but um a lot of that just came from um you know just wanting to kind of be noticed or have a have a uh some sort of like a brother, uh, father figure around. Yeah, they're doing a lot of studies on like kids growing up without father figures and how impactful it actually is. Yeah. So my and, and just I just want to be clear. My dad was he was there. He was there. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't there a lot. Right. right? He was so working like, a lot. Yeah. Exactly. So he he uh, he drives truck. So he would leave for like two weeks at a time. Yeah. Come home for like a day, but he would be just so tired. You right. Know? He would literally just sleep. I remember. He'd just sleep in his his chair um like all day the day the day or two that he was home and then he'd take off again so i remember like vividly throwing the football up to myself a few times now obviously i don't want to make it seem like i completely didn't have a dad because mm-hmm. there are obviously people out there that are gonna be like look at this guy like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he actually had a dad like that that was there like a couple of days i had no dad but um i mean i feel like um you know, just the the attachment to some sort of, you know, father figure, um, you know, I was kind of, I was looking for, but um, we're, we're cool now. Nice. Um, and, and, you know, things are good, but by the time he started to be home a lot, um, I was out of the house, you know, I, right. I was out of the house at like 16. So, wow. Um, yeah. So I, I left pretty early. 
um, and and just got got you know got to to live in the lifestyle. Nice. So sixteen, you're in high school. You leave the house. Where are you at from there? So um, I had a, a good friend, and he had three brothers. Mm-hmm. So obviously, me being middle child with two girls and my mom, yeah, you know, um, I uh, you know became really good friends with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had three brothers, so I was always there, like constantly. I think I would go to my house maybe like once a week. That's it? Maybe. Wow. Yeah, probably like oh, so you were already sleeping there pretty much. I was sleeping there, living there. I considered them my family, my brothers. So, um, you know, I found kind of like the brother or father figure in them. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they weren't doing the best things, right? They were, you know, selling drugs mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, making money that way and, and um uh, and you know doing doing other things that obviously are not looked at you know as as good things to do i guess you could say looking right. back on it now but then during that time i was like man this is this is what i wanted this is definitely what i wanted um and and that you know being i feel like i didn't have anyone to look up to i looked up to the wrong people mm. right so i would look up to them and they were you know, making money and had a lot of girls around and, you know, new cars and things like this. And, um, and then obviously they would go to jail for a little bit and they'd get out. And I just thought it was normal. Like mm. that's just what became normal to me. Mm. So, um, you know, I, uh, just found myself in, 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 uh, you know, just a lot of trouble because of that. All right. So are you going to school at this time or you dropped out? Yeah. So I, I was going to school. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, I was pretty smart all through school. So the big thing is, is like, I was, I never really struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, um, I got prescribed Adderall in ninth oh, grade, um, because the teacher, um, actually was like, Hey, your son can't sit still. And he's always getting up and going around and sitting next to girls and talking <laughs> to girls. Yeah. And so they did an evaluation. They came back. They said, he's got ADHD. They put me on Adderall. Mm. And obviously at that age, and this is a big thing that I feel like is wrong with like big pharma and, and uh, the you know medication and prescription industry is yeah. they label someone so quick when really you got to think like a 13-year-old boy you know, that is not being fulfilled or my attention is not being, um, you know, um, uh, uh, gravitated towards what the teacher is talking about. Yeah. Like, I'm not interested in it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go sit next to girls, which I am interested in. For right? sure, yeah. So like, um, and, and I think that's just a normal thing, but they're so quick to throw medication because obviously that's how they make money. And yeah. these teachers are actually looked at as good people for reporting kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hey, I think your son might have ADHD. We should get him checked out. Yeah. They actually get praised for doing that. I wouldn't be surprised if they even get a kickback, honestly. Oh, they might get a kickback because you got to think about it. The The big thing is, is people um, or teachers, right, they get not only praised because they're like, wow, this teacher's not only looking, you know, teaching the class, but they're also looking to help, uh, you know, students with, they call them, you know, mental disabilities or yeah. disorders, right? Um, when really it's not a disorder. I'm just a growing 13 year old boy going through puberty, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not. My attention is not being captured. Yeah. Um, the right way. So. Yeah, it's terrible. They tried giving me Adderall in like fourth grade, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine really? like a 10 year old. Wow. Yeah, it's like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. And like, thank God, my mom talked them out of it. My dad wanted me on it. Yeah. And honestly, like in high school, it was kind of like a cool thing to be on those. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, and, and honestly, that's like what I feel like 
it was kind of the gateway to other things because what happened is is I got on them and I was doing really good in school. Like I didn't have, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty naturally smart. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the schoolwork came easy. I'd pay girls to do like my te- or my my homework for me, and <laughs> I'd come in and just ace the test, like wow. not even knowing anything. So, like it came pretty easy, but um, it was the gateway because what happened is I got Adderall, and then mm-hmm. what did I do? I started selling it to other kids in school right? where, you know, I became known as like, oh yeah, Zach has Adderall, mm-hmm. right? And then they would come to me like, hey, do you have this or do you have that, right? So then I'm like, no, but I can get it. I'll look around for it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and obviously, you know, being just around that crowd, I, I just became known as that person. So I feel like I always had to kind of live up to that persona, mm. you know, growing up, um, which inevitably was not good, yeah. but I'm I'm still to this day, and I'll say it, you know, forever. I'm still to this day so glad that I went through every single thing that I went through, because I won't be where I'm at today mm-hmm. um, without without having going through wow. know, those things. Yeah, everything happens uh, for a reason, right? Yeah. So how high of a level were you getting to? Like, did you keep doing it after high school? Oh yeah. So like, basically, I started selling. Um, Adderall ninth grade, mm-hmm. which also turned me into pain pills. Mm. Started started getting those. Um, funny story, or not? I shouldn't say funny, but uh, a story. My my good friend in school, his dad was a professional skier, mm-hmm. um, and he had broken every single bone in his body. Um, so he had you know oxycotton, um, you yeah. know, and and my buddy came to me. He's like, yeah, dude, my my dad has a whole bottle. I can get him for you. And I was like, cool, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So he gets them for me. And they're like the real, like, OC, like, the original back right. in the day that obviously now they got discontinued because, you know, you could smoke them and, and all that. But And they're just super strong. But mm-hmm. um, I got those. And then I kept a pill cutter in my locker and just would cut cut into cut it into fourths mm. and just sell a fourth for, like, 20 bucks. And we're in ninth grade, and you're selling, you know, one pill for $80, right? Making yeah. $80. Cause you're selling each quarter for 20 bucks, dude, you're balling. You yeah. know what I mean? Like At that age. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ninth grade. And, and the big thing is like, you know, everyone was, you know, then they just kept coming to me for more things. And then, you know, um, I ended up getting pretty heavy, heavily addicted to pain pills, mm. um, in ninth grade. And then by 10th grade, I wouldn't even go to school unless I had pain pills to wake up to, Whoa. um, just because I would get sick. And and yeah. going through something like this at such a young age was like it 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 was it was crazy. And everyone that I that I tell this story to, mm-hmm. um, they're like, Man, that is young because yeah. I went right in from that um and and luckily made it through and then in eleventh grade, um still heavily addicted to pain pills, still selling my Adderall. Um, 11th grade, I uh, got kicked out of school for selling Coke in the bathroom. They would look at the cameras during like the break hours um, and they would see, you know, five, six people going to the bathroom with me every after every hour, you know, mm-hmm. and we we're going in there and doing lines and things like that. So um, uh, it, they, they ended up bringing in like the, the cops and searching my locker. And then uh, I, th- I think a few kids even like told on me. Um, so this is in 11th grade. Yeah. And then, um, at this time, um, I'm in sports, I'm in like basketball. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the crazy thing is, is I got, 
they kicked me off of all sports, mm-hmm. right? They said, you can't do any sports anymore. Um, I think they uh, expelled or suspended me for, I think it was 30 days. Um, and and then obviously coming back to school, everyone knows what happened, right? Yeah. Um, and then at this time, I'm still taking pain pills and still on my Adderall. Obviously, I'd gotten in trouble for like the coke. They sent me to the to the um, to take a, a a urine analysis, yeah. right? And my mom is there, and I still shut my mom out for this. Like, even though she knew what I was doing was wrong, but she looked at me and she's like, "Did you do it?" And I was like, um, "Yeah, I did." And then she went into the principal office, and she was just like, "My son would never do that. He would oh, never shit. do that." Yeah, because I mean, obviously that's my mom, right? Yeah. So I mean, obviously I I I got home and I still got you know. You know, she obviously cared, right? Yeah. She was like, "Hey, we need to get." So she didn't know out. you were selling any of this. Um, she didn't know I was selling. She knew that. Uh, I think she had an idea I was using. Yeah. But in, uh, at that time, my addiction to pain pills got really bad. I ended up going to treatment. Um, my first rehab uh, when I was in twelfth grade, I got sent. I went off to rehab. So, um, and that was my first one. Mm. Um, and then I went like five other times. Holy. After that. But uh, yeah, so it's been a long road. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after high school, um, I got into uh, I couldn't find pain pills, so I ended up running in. Found into that, and uh, and then obviously anything that I would get, I would start selling because I was like to offset the cost. I don't right? want to be spending all my money on right. this. Um, I'm gonna sell it, so I would always start selling whatever I was using, um, and then I you know started getting into uh, other things like and. And things like that and then uh, i'd say fast forward like five six years um i've been in and out of um re like about five rehabs um and then um in and out of jail a bunch of times and then um when i was 23 i went to prison for uh about eight months yeah so um and then i got out continued in the lifestyle because it was the environment for me you know i was more addicted to the the lifestyle and being known as you know the guy and mm. you know with with the connections and and you know and i thought people looked up to me for that which is crazy but mm. crazy to think and look back on now but um but uh and then i i got out of prison and started i i think i lasted like 30 days um about about 30 45 days and then i started using and selling again and to you know make money because i yeah got a job and I was making nothing, right? right? I think I got a job at like Taco Bell or yeah, something like, like that. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. I, I can't do this. Um, and and yeah, and ended up fast forward two more years um, or two and a half, three years uh, when I was 26. That's when everything changed. Um, I have almost eight years clean now. Nice, congrats. Man. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm 33. Um, so yeah, it, everything changed and basically I just, had to move away from everything yeah i can't wait to dive into that part of your story were you sober in, in uh prison yeah yeah i mean you can you can get things in there i think i might have done things a couple times but um obviously like things cost a lot of money in there yeah um like money the, talks in prison oh right? yeah like double some double or triple sometimes what it would cost out here yeah um and i just didn't want to get into the mix in there and obviously sitting in there i was like i knew i had really screwed up mm. so i was like i I'd, I'd be an idiot to just keep going down this path right yeah um, um which we can get into into prison a little bit more um in a minute but it was just like it was 
uh, you know, when I was 26 and I, was, and I had a, f- a couple different events that happened like within the span of like a couple months mm-hmm. um, that I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Like I, I need something different because the crazy thing is, is for the whole time that I was using and heavy, heavy into my addiction and, you know, selling, selling drugs and, and weight and all that, I always kept a strong relationship with God. Like I never, ever veered away. And I would, I remember that I would pray to him like, hey, please help me like find a new way or get out of this because I knew that I was meant for greatness. Wow. I just didn't know how to get it. I just yeah. didn't know where to go or what to do or like I, I, I feel like I always was very held back. And that's why I have uh, a tattoo on my arm of um, it's an eye with with uh, jail bars like so it's. I feel like my vision was very clouded and I felt kind of locked behind mm-hmm. that clouded vision. And I just didn't know where to go and, and who to turn to and, and, and everything to make it happen. Yeah. And you talk about like finding your purpose. Did you fi- manage to find yours in prison or was it after? It was after it was after in prison. I still, I was still young, 23. I was still like, you know, I had thoughts of like, Hey, I want to change. Obviously who's not you're in prison. You're locked behind bars. You can't, you, you don't really have options to do anything else, right? Yeah. Um, but in there, I learned a lot of good lessons. And, and one of those was, you know, who to surround myself with and who not to. Like, I, I could see in there pretty easily why people were in prison. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you go in there and, like, pretty quickly you're like, okay, this guy needs to be here. You mm. know what I mean? And then you look at yourself and you're like, why am I here? Mm. Right? I'm nothing like these people. Yeah. Right? And you start to question yourself and you're like, man, this is not – I wouldn't want someone coming in here and looking at me like, why am I around this guy? I'm mm. not meant to be right, like this, right? So when you put yourself in the outside perspective like that, yeah, and you start to question like what I look up to me, then I was starting to be like, you know, because I felt like I was looked up to when I was out there using and selling drugs. Mm-hmm. But really, I was just looked up to because I had drugs. Yeah, That's really it. Right. And and I felt like a lot of the relationships that I had with people and friends and girls and it was all it was all it was all fake um, because it was just all, you know, they were reliant right. on. Right. They just wanted to hang out with me because I had drugs. That's right. It, period. Right. So it's like um, but I started to realize a lot of things in prison that that led me to inevitably, you know, two years later after up some more. Mm-hmm. Um to really, really changing everything. Um, there's dope. a couple different events that happen. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt with high school. I felt like girls were kind of using me just to smoke for free. Right. A lot yeah. of girls do that. <laughs> and, oh yeah, hundred percent. And it, and it's crazy, you know, the um, you know, just the different things that people will, um, you know, make up to be around you or different mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So you mentioned there was a moment earlier. Mm-hmm. What was that specific moment you were talking about? So the moment when I, when I changed everything. Yeah. So basically, um, it was probably the height of everything. Um, my addiction, I had overdosed about three or four times. Um, I was in the back of, um, one overdose. Actually, I, I, uh, was in the back of an ambulance. Um, my roommate had called the ambulance cause I just, I fell down, smacked my head on, yeah. on the ground, started bleeding. Um, I don't know if I was conscious or not, but he called the ambulance, um, and woke up in the back of an ambulance before I woke up. I just seen this rope like flying in front of my face Mm. and, and I was trying to move my arms out 
and I was trying to move my arms and I couldn't grab it. Mm. It was this rope that was just, it was going super fast in front of my face and I couldn't grab the rope. I couldn't get my arms to grab the rope and I was trying so hard and so hard. And then finally I got, I got enough strength to grab the rope and that's when I woke up. And what I still think to this day is that I was dying. You wow. know, I was literally like going down, like I was, I was, you know, dying and then they revived me and that's when I was able to, to grab the rope. Yeah. So, people with near death experiences have similar stories of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. But, um, so then, you know, overdoses and, and being locked up and I was just tired of it. And at the time in my, in the height of everything, and I kept knowing that I was meant for greatness. I just didn't know what I was doing. Like my family at this point, I had lost their trust mm-hmm. so many times. I kept telling them I might change when I went to rehab and I knew that I was just there to, you know, for them. I wasn't yeah. there for me. Um, so a lot of people ask me, is it rehab or is it prison that changed you? And it's not like none of those things were, were what changed me. Mm-hmm. What changed me was when I was ready mm. to be done. And, and basically, you know, there's a saying, uh, when you're tired of being sick and tired is when you'll, when you'll give it up. And, wow. um, I was just to that point and I was living with just a quick story. I was living with two guys, right? Um, I won't name names, but I was with, living with two guys. Um, we we're all doing the same thing, you know, using very heavy, you know, we had girls around, um, like we, we had, you know, a, a lot of things going on, like making a lot of money, just, you know, different things. And I was so paranoid that I was carrying like a police scanner with me all, all the time, everywhere I went. What is um, that? A police scanner. It's yeah. like a portable scanner that you can get that you can tap into the uh, cop's frequency. Oh, wow. Basically, I did that because I was so scared that we were going to get raided like at any time. Oh, right? okay. So um, one of my boys, he um, he had a really bad thing with girls. Like he would just let girls use him like crazy. Yeah. Um, and what happened is, is he ended up driving somewhere. I think he had like a, I think he just had like an ounce of meth on him or something like that. But mm-hmm. he ended up driving somewhere. He's with this girl. Um, they ended up getting pulled over. Mm-hmm. Um, find out later that she was a, a confidential informant. So she had she had tipped off the cops like, hey, I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be riding with him. Yeah. Pull us over. They pulled him over for a, like a something about his license plate. Something that a normal person would just not get pulled over right, for. Right. They pulled him over for that. Um, he ended up going to prison. Um, he was my best friend. He ended up going to prison for seven years. Um, and I think he, it was seven years he served four. Um, and, uh, no, he actually served, I think six. Um, and, uh, and then it was just me and my other buddy, right? My other roommate, really, really good friend. And we're just super paranoid because of that. Um, that instead of being smart and being like, Hey, we need to change. We're just like let's just use more drugs more heavily because like <laughs> we just have to block this out that yeah. this just happened so um he overdoses Jeez. dies dies right in front of me holy and 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 at this point in time my family had lost all their trust in me um and basically said that they wanted nothing to do with me um anymore and to hear that especially you know from people that matter so much to you it it really hits home, right? It, mm-hmm. It's like where you really start questioning. I don't care how many drugs you're doing or what you're doing in life and trying to mask this or mask that. You'll feel that. Mm-hmm. It will be in your heart. You'll feel it. 
Um, and uh, what happened was is um, he ended up dying. My family wasn't talking to me. Um, and at this time, they were moving to Arizona. And all uh, so I grew uh, I grew up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and they were moving to Arizona basically to get away from me. They just couldn't they couldn't be around me, even though I didn't live at home, right? I had mm. two different places, but um they they just couldn't be around me because I would always like go and check in and, and acting like things were normal and I'm just, you know, not looking good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not looking good at all, right? And I was just killing them slowly, right? Mm-hmm. Just stress. Yeah. And um they're moving to Arizona during this time. My best friend just went to prison, you know. Um my other my other roommate um overdosed right in front of me um and at this time i was just like i have to do something different so i literally hopped uh on the day that they were moving i just left all my stuff there mm-hmm. hopped in the u-haul with them and drove down to arizona left everything that i had everyone that i knew and i knew that i had to do something drastic like that or i was going to end up in one of those two places yeah. right prison or uh or or overdosing yeah so i slept the whole way from minnesota to to arizona i think i think i slept for 28 hours like yeah in one straight sitting yeah and you know what's wild is i actually was riding with um my dad and you know our relationship had just been so right yeah like horrible because i was resenting him he was looking at me like what the hell is this my son like turn into yeah um and we had such a good time to actually talk and amend our relationship mm-hmm. but i was just so strung out that i just like slept the whole way for mm. 28 hours we get down there um and i didn't know what the you know what i was going to do all i knew was is i had to do everything different than i've ever done before yeah and i'm a very extreme per- extreme person like when i want something or when i um you know and 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 going towards something i go to the extreme to get it mm-hmm. right um so i knew that i had to do that except just in the other direction yeah. instead of running full speed backwards i had to actually you know gain my traction and run full full speed forwards right so um basically i i went full speed and and i got down there and um just started like meeting the right people instead of meeting the wrong people right um you know i was uh i I was very humbled because at 20 what was i 25 um i just had turned 26 at 20 uh at 26 um i was living with my parents Mm -hmm. you know after being out of the house since 16. so i was just very like humbled and i was just like you know I, all that I cared about was my family not seeing me like that anymore yeah. and me not ending up in one of those two places. So I didn't know what I was going to do every day, but I just took it one hour at a time, one hour at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what, you know, I feel like has been a very motivating, motivating factor for me in life is if you don't know where to go, just, just accomplish today yeah. or accomplish this hour get through this hour and you just keep moving one foot instead of the other. And then pretty soon, uh, you know, 30 days will go by, you know, four months will go by eight months, a year mm-hmm. before, you know, it's three years, four or five, you know, and during this time that I was changing, um, I had accomplished so many things, 
that I started to feel like I was recreating myself. I was able to rewrite my story. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I would have, you know, I'm like, I want people to look up to me. I want to be able to inspire people. I don't want them to look at me and they're like, yep, that's what we thought. That's kind of where we thought Zach would end up. Yeah. You know, like I want them to look up to me and be like, like I'm in this spot too. And, mm -hmm. and if he can do it, I can do it, you yeah. know? And, and, you know, make changes because of that. I love that. And I want to talk about your IG agency before we wrap up, because now you're yep. making a ton of money. You're doing it ethically. What's that process been like? Yeah, no, so it's good. So I've been in the sales, uh, I've been in sales industry. So when I got clean, um, I started network marketing, um, did pretty well at that. The company went under. Um, and then I started door to door. Mm -hmm. I was actually in pest control door to door for um, four years. I was the number one rep in the industry for two years that so not just in the company but in the industry i broke all the records and then i rebroke them all my fourth year so wow. i brought i broke my my own records twice um i was the first one to ever do a million in revenue and, and pass control in the summertime um and then uh i just didn't see that i was growing there enough so i ended up getting out of that starting my instagram agency i moved to miami and mm -hmm. in miami entrepreneurs all over you know you got guys you know, they're 22 years old making 10 million a year, yeah. you know, million a month. Like it's, it's, it's a normal thing down there. So sure. I just got in, you know, got around the right people and started making some really good connections. And, and, uh, and all the while the last, you know, four years, I was kind of growing my personal brand, mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of helping people on the side do it too. And then I was like, I'm just going to make this into a business. Mm. Um, and I, and I, ha I would have come, people come to me all the time that got, you know, their Instagram disabled or hacked or deleted or, you know, banned for just reasons that is crazy that that a lot of times are, are not even true, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just people are attacking them. Um, you know, a lot of businesses will get copyright and counterfeited uh, you know, banned for no reason. It's just their competition's trying to take them out. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would have a lot of people coming to me and they're like, hey, can you, you know, can you help me get my Instagram back? So um I started Obviously, uh, you know, I made some good connections and and reco started recovering Instagrams a lot. Um, I started making really good money and, and just turned that and the whole, you know, building brands and personal pages into mm -hmm. a business. Nice. Um, and then all the while, um, I had, you know, guys that I was used to being door to door with um, in pest control. They're shooting me checks over of what they're making in solar. And I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, you know, I'm making a lot of money. I'm living a good life in Miami, but like these checks are wild, you know, they're I've making 60, 80 K a week, I've not a those. month, like yeah. a week. Solar's like not small. You know, they're, they're literally making, you know, uh, I've seen, you know, 60, 80, 90, I've seen 120 K a week. Like they're, they're wild. So I was like, okay. And, and everyone was telling me they're like, with how good you were in door to door, you would be an idiot not to, not to do this. Yeah. So I ended up getting into that. Um, and then built a pretty big team and, um, and currently I'm launching a, a winter program, um, in Arizona, that's going to be starting in October, uh, December off and, and going through April. Um, so, um, you know, door to door for a long time has always been a summer program. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to launch the first ever winter program. Um, and I'll link, I'll link the, the winter program, Instagram in the bio. Too. Yeah. I'll put it in the description. Um, but yeah, so dude, yeah, crazy. So. Got a lot going on. Super inspired hearing your story, man. Anything you want to close off with? No, man. I just want to say thanks for for inviting me on here, and, and yeah. I'm honored, and and I'm excited to you know kind of let people know you know that it, everything online a lot of times 
looks very good and, and, and things like that. And there's a lot behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot that I had to go through to get here, you know? And, and, um, and, you know, I feel like the goal in life is, you know, to find your gift. Um, and the purpose in life is to give it away. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, your gift is, you know, connecting with people and you're super smart and, you know, a lot of people look to you, you know, for advice. And I feel like my gift is I have such a wild story that I'm able to use that and possibly help save lives, mm-hmm. right? And inspire and influence a lot of people um, and obviously make a lot of money and, and, and all that too. But the biggest thing is, is like being able to impact and, 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 and change lives like that will leave the mark on the Love it. Thanks for coming on, man. It's been great. Thanks for watching, guys. See you next time.